Welcome to another Know My Faith Monday podcast, and with me today again is Alan Davey from Living Well Counselling Services. Alan, good to have you back. Great to be here again, Rob. Thank you. Uh, um, why don't we pick up kind of like where we left off with, because it's um, it's it's the baggage that we carry from our past that we bring to our future that we have trouble dealing with the current. Sure Would that is. be right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Solve the world's problem. Okay. We can go home. Okay. That's good. <laughs> One of the best ways for me to describe it is <clears throat> I've had the privilege of helping build a house or two. And unless you've built a house or two, you don't realise the kind of effort that needs to go into getting the foundations down. Like yep. it's hard work. Yep. And then and then once you've done the hard work and, and, a lot, and money is involved, a, a significant amount of money is involved in getting that foundation down. And once you've done that, it gets covered up and then the house gets built on top of it. But if you don't do the hard work to get the foundation down, it doesn't matter so much what you put on top of it because eventually if the foundation cracks, yep. there are going to be cracks in the walls. And carrying that analogy on, what we tend to do, because... See, that's good because it's not my fault. <laughs> when, okay, I'll, I'm going to say this and then we'll get back to that. When we're born into the world, we've never been here before. Yep. And I might have mentioned last time, I can't remember now, but from the womb to about the age of seven, they're called the formative years. So we're gathering in information about ourselves and, and about our world, and we, we're forming beliefs from that information that infect and affect us. So that's yeah, we're, we're a big sponge trying to figure out what it's all about. We absolutely are. Yep. And, the, and the reality behind that is children are good absorbers of information but poor interpreters of information. And because yep. we were all children once, we fit into that category. And so we can gather in information, come to conclusions about our world and, and about ourselves, and those conclusions then become, become that foundation that I was referring yep. to, and then we live from that foundation. And until we are able to reassess the foundation we laid, you know, am I clever or dumb? beautiful or ugly, do I belong or am I all alone, am I significant or insignificant, yep. and, and on and on it goes. Until we find ourselves being able to unpack that, uh, which is that trace, face and replace, yeah, yeah. until we're able to do that, we're stuck, and we're stuck for the rest of our lives, to be honest. It, is it better to do, I mean, we're going to unpack that trace, face and yep. replace. Is it better to do that when you're younger? It must, surely it must be easier because yeah. it, as you get older, like like our age, um, you're so stuck in your I, ways. I heard a saying the other day, it's it's way better to grow good kids than fix broken adults. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, yeah, that's easier said than done. Um, the, the ideal, which unfortunately in our world, in our broken world, is redefined. The ideal is that the parent helps the child navigate through life. And so the child says, you know, well, I think I'm dumb. And so mum or dad or mum and dad, then, you know... The, Dispels the, that or reinforces it. Well, yeah the, yeah, the goal of a good parent is to say, where did that come from? No, that's not right. You know, we all have intelligence. We're just not all intelligent in, in, in every area of yeah. our life. And, you know, train a child in the way they should yeah. go. When they're yeah. old, they won't depart from yeah. it. We've all got different skills and abilities. And when a parent can recognise that in the child and help the child to celebrate those and live in those and feel 
feel um, that they're growing and uh, valued in those and rewarded because of what they're able to do, then they're getting a foundation down. So yeah. when when the mucky stuff hits the fan and and the and the kid gets bullied or something, they're able to reorientate themselves back and say something like, "Well, that's what you think of me, but it's still not accurate." And so that that then is the yeah. filter that the child is able to have to to carry on. But because we're all broken. Unfortunately, the ones that are meant to do the, the the orientating and the supporting can be the very ones that do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Again, when we were growing up, there was a lot more positive input into our lives, uh, which I don't see, that, particularly in broken families, uh, kids being brought up by uh, not even stepfather, but mum's boyfriend. I know. Yeah. Um, and they are not interested in providing that child with growth at all. Mm. Um, yeah, too difficult. Mm. And uh, and and they don't have a vested interest in that. Child. No, no, not at all. And so their vested interest in uh, interest is in themselves. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. I I thought of this the other day, and I'll see if I can articulate it. God has His best interests for us in mind. We have our best interests for us in mind. Often they're not the same. So yeah. God's best interest for us and our own best interest for ourselves are often not the same. Yeah. We need to we need to align ourselves with what God sees as best for us because he's right. It's interesting there's uh, one of the uh, early settlers to New Zealand uh, the Reverend Rutherford Waddell, what a great name. Um, and he said uh, he said if you remove the teachings of the Bible from a child's life, uh, and particularly the, the the moral teachings and other things, let alone the spiritual side, if you remove that from a child's life, you will look in vain for the fruit when they are older. Right, uh, and you replace it with the uh, wonderful word aridities of secularism, mm. right? Because secularism doesn't bring you any moral teaching at all. Mm. Uh, you remove that from a child's life, from that background, those formative years. You're going to look for that when they're older, and it's not going to be there. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Another analogy I like, you know, you've got you've, you've got the the foundation of a house. So that the house analogy is an excellent analogy, which is the foundation. If the foundations are good, whatever yep. you build on top has a security about it that's gonna that's gonna stand the test of time. But if the foundations aren't good, you can still build what looks like a good house. And what we tend to do is, if there are cracks in the walls of that house, and as in cracks in yep. the walls yep. of our lives. We we paper we, we them do, we over. Just, we whitewash it. Well, we, we do that. We, it, yeah. we wallpaper it over. We put some new furniture in. Yeah, you know, we buy a new car and all those sorts of things. But in reality, if it's the foundation, it's like there's a drum of toxic chemicals in our basement, and the drum's rotting. Yeah. You know, it's corroding, and so the toxic toxic chemicals are leaking out, and they're leaking out right up through our building. In the same place all the time. So your, your, your kitchen can be fine and your bathroom can be fine, but your living room is a mess. And no matter what you do, it's the living room. Yeah, and um, what, I, what I have seen is if there is an area of my life that's not working so well, it will filter through to other areas in my life. So we need to go back into those places and reassess. The other analogy I like is numbers of them for me. One, one of them is is like baking a chocolate cake. If if I have all the ingredients for the chocolate cake, but instead of cocoa, because I don't have any cocoa yeah. on me, I grab some mud 
Yep. Because it looks the same. Looks the same. Yeah, yeah. And I and I mix the mud in to make my chocolate cake. It won't taste so good. Yeah. And so if 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 all the other ingredients are okay, but I substitute one key one cocoa for mud, then it doesn't matter. It no. doesn't matter whether I put nice little chocolate sprinkles over the top yep. of my baked cake. It still won't taste any good. And those are the sorts of things I think we attempt to do. Yeah, as, and also, also the, the amounts of, of the ingredients. You know, I remember my dad when, um, when he was a butcher and when he first started making haggis and he read the recipe wrong and he read, he, instead of putting two teaspoons of cayenne pepper in, right. he put two tablespoons yeah, yeah. of, you know. So the end result... Was that you had a, a you know a haggis that you just couldn't eat because it was yeah. just far too hot, um, and so if you've got the wrong levels of whatever information we're supposed to get when we're growing up, that's going to affect us as well. Well, there's um, I think it's Taupo, the area of Taupo when that was first farmed. I could be wrong there; it might not be Taupo, but when that was first farmed, there was a small trace element missing. I think it was selenium. Yep. And the stock didn't do any good. They didn't put on weight. They got sick. And when they discovered what the trace... And, and so it was unfarmable. Right. Or poorly farmable. When they discovered the trace element, trace face, and they replaced <laughs> yep, it yep. with... Uh, they added the right element in. Yeah. Then things began to get a lot better a lot quicker. Yeah. And, and that's the good news for anybody that's listening is... We, we don't have to stay stuck with what we have. In fact, I, I have clients that will come to me and they'll say, how long is this going to take before I start getting better? And they're in a lot of pain yeah. and, um, and, and their life has been quite miserable for them and, <clears throat> and they've been struggling for quite a long time. And, you know, how long? And, and I say to them, not arrogantly, just confidently for them, I say, if you can find the missing ingredient and you can add that into your life, why wouldn't it start getting better now? Like, you can walk out of here now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this this is I'm going to go all over the place possibly, Rob. So you, you guide me a bit if you want to. Yeah, yeah. But here's here, here's the thing. I'm not into the power of positive thinking. If I, if I and this is my joke, if I look in the mirror and say I look like Brad Pitt, I look like Brad Pitt, and I say that ten times a day for a week. Yeah. Guess what? I still You're look still more like yeah. armpit than Brad Pitt. <laughs> yep. So yep. I, so the power of positive thinking. I'm not into that. I'm into the power of truth. Yeah. So it's the truth said once, um, what is it? You know, you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. Imagine if Shaquille O'Neal wanted to be a jockey. Right. And imagine <laughs> if I wanted to be a tall black. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't going to happen. No. So let's let's hold on to that little um, that missing ingredient thing because one of the things that you major in is is the 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 trace it, face it, and replace it. Trace mm. the lie that you've been lead, mm. believing that's holding you back. Face that lie and then replace it. Now. I don't want you to psychoanalyze me, all right? Mm -hmm. but, I'll, but it'll open up. So I have trouble finishing things, all right? And I have trouble believing that I am good enough. And I've traced where that came from. And it actually came from uh, a very fun, light incident, Yeah. right? So I got my school cert maths back, uh, school cert results back, did really well at maths because that's what I did. I did 92%. You're supposed to say, well done. Well done. Thank you. Um, my dad said the same thing, but but in different words. He came along, he saw that, he ruffled my hair, and he goes, what happened to the other eight? Yeah, yeah. And we both laughed. Yeah. Right? So I'm 15 years old. Yeah. I hear, well done, mm. right? But the words I hear are, what happened to the other eight? And 
since then. So I've I've traced that. Mm. I think I've faced it, but the problem I have now is, and if I say I faced it, it would be ten years ago that I worked that out. Mm. So I was fifty. I still don't have that selenium to yeah. replace it with, yeah. and I think to, to me that that's the hardest part of the the trace, face, and replace. I go, yep, figured out what's what it was said to me or what was done to me that made me this way. Faced it. That's not true. Now I'm stuck. Yeah. Would th would that be right? That's the, the hardest oh. part is the the replacing. Yes, I, I, I it's it's part of the hardest part. I, th I think the hardest part is actually to to acknowledge that you've got something that you need to work on, and then you go because I'm not perfect. Yeah. Well, then <laughs> and then you go to okay, I need some help to find out what that something is, and so you're beginning to face it. Then you begin to trace it. And once you've traced it, you know, if, if you can recognise that what your dad said was a lie, it's not the truth. Yeah. According to God, it's not the truth. You know, like we said the yeah. other day, you know, if I believe something about myself that God doesn't agree with, then one of us is wrong. And so your dad was wrong. He, he did it lightheartedly, but you took it as a wound. Yeah. You took it as personal. Well, somewhere deep inside me, I took it as personal. Not, it was know? possibly there and it poked it. Yeah. It was possibly there and it poked it. Um, you now need to be able to say, okay, what's the truth? Yeah. According, according to God, what is the truth? Yeah. And then you have to own the truth. There's a little, there's a little understanding called neuroplasticity without, without sounding too, too complicated. Neuroplasticity is understanding that the mind is pliable. Yeah. Plastic. It's able yep. to be molded. Once upon a time, they didn't think it was. God always said it was. You know, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be, be transformed. transformed by the renewing. So yep. the molding, the remolding of your mind. The the replace it. I I say to folk, this is simple but not easy. So the simple the simple answer for you, Robin, and what you've just expressed is, what you took on board from there was inaccurate. It wasn't the truth. So it was a lie. Yep. And so then you need to say, what is the truth? And it needs to be a personal truth, a tailor-made truth for Rob. It could be a verse of scripture, but it doesn't have to be. It needs to be something where you say, yeah, no, I own that. I right. own that. And then what you need to start doing is carry that around with you, that statement, yeah, yeah. that truth statement. We call them truth coaches. You carry that truth around with you and you read that truth even a dozen times a day. And if possible, how, how does that? How is that not the power of positive thinking? Well, is it the truth? Is is the statement truth? Right. If the statement is truth, you can the tr the truth can help you think positively. Yeah. But it's not simply positive thinking. You know, if if I'm standing outside and it's cold, let's, let's not go back to Brad Pitt again. No. <laughs> But it's the same sort of yeah. thing, isn't it? If I'm standing outside and it's cold, I can tell myself it's not cold, but it actually still is cold. So that's yeah. that's the power of positive thinking. No, it's still cold. Or I don't feel cold. Well, if if you are feeling cold and you're, you're trying to yeah, convince yeah, yourself yeah, you're not yeah, cold, yeah. you're still cold. Yeah. So you need to. So the power of truth helps me think positively, and that's why it needs to be tailor made. So when you can grab hold of that truth, whatever it is. Then you're able to say, no, what the, the wound that I had, the statement that caused that wound, the belief that came from that was that, 
this is a lie, this is the truth. I now proclaim the truth. So we've got to go digging for the truth. Absolutely. Do we find that truth in our past or do we find that truth in the future, in the now? Well, I think I said this the other day too. You know, if you want to know about water, don't ask a fish. So when you're in the water, you won't find it for yourself. You need to go to usually somebody. You know, the Holy Spirit can do yep. that. But often a, a, a person can be a channel for that to happen as yep. well. So you go to that somebody, a wise person, that can help you recognize this is as I believed. I believe this about myself. Yeah. And a big part of what I do is helping a person, you know, this is the carnage my life has brought so far. And and so I say to them, okay, well, if nothing changes, what's going to happen? Well, the carnage the is carnage going to continue. Going to continue. Okay, yeah. so what's causing the carnage? What belief have you got that keeps you tripping up where you behave like that? Yeah. Because if you think of that five-story, well, I call it a five-story building, the basement of the building, the basement is our hidden beliefs, subconscious, under yep. the ground. So the, the basement beliefs we have, I'm not good enough, or whatever it was you came to, yep. the I'm not good enough, that's where the toxic chemicals are that then permeate through the building, and they permeate through my self-talk. So what I'm saying to myself and that's, and that's one of the keys that we need to be able to do is, is when we can recognize our own self-talk, yep. you know, I'm useless, I'm a failure, we only say that because we believe that. So now we're going yeah, further down. I mean, I say to people all the time, you've got to be careful with what you say. Um, I can say categorically that I am not any good at home handyman work. Right. Right. I'm, you, you see it on the sitcoms. You know, the husband tries to fix the pipes and then it costs twice as much from the from the plumber. Uh, I can say that, um, but I shouldn't say I'm useless at fixing things. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll never be any good at this, I could, you know, because that's a, that's a future projection. Sure. One of the things, if I, if I had a piece of paper, I'd draw it out, but I'll try and describe it so that we can, we, we can see it, because there's going to be people not watching anyway, so it's yep. good for listeners. If the top, if we, if we have five layers to us, basically, the top layer to us is the bit that's easy to see. Like if, if you come to Hamilton, you get on top of a hill, you look towards the city, you can see the tops of the buildings yep. of the city. But to get to the basement of that building, well, you've got to take a journey. So here we go, we're on a journey, the, the journey of self-awareness, because self-awareness is the greatest gift we can give ourselves. Because when we become aware of ourselves, we can do something about it. Yep. If we're not, we can't. And so the top floor is my actions and my behavior and my speech. What I say and what I do is clear to see. I can see that. Others can see that. And that's usually the presenting problem. Yep. You know, I've, I've stuffed up big time by what I did and that's, what that's, I said. That's the, the building facade. Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. the bit yeah. that is seen yeah. clearly. But the only reason that floor is sitting there is because there is another floor underneath it holding it up. Like that's that five-story right. concept. Yep. So the floor beneath the top story is called our feelings, our moods, and our emotions. So if I feel happy, I'll act happy. If I feel unhappy, I'll act unhappy. If I have a good mood, I'll have good behavior. If I have a stink mood, I'll have stink behavior. So yep. it's just cause and yep. effect so far. So so those two floors are sitting there. So we're getting a bit of so an top, top, of, top floor is what people see. Top floor is what we do. Yeah, and what, what we do. We, yep. What we see and others see in okay. us. Second floor is the emotions that drive. That's correct. What we our see feelings and, and our yep. moods and our emotions that drive that. That, that yeah, that generate that. Yep. Beneath that 
and this is where we get down to our self-talk, yep. is, is I'm useless, so I'll feel useless, so I'll act useless. Right. Do you know how that's, that's how the mongrel mob got named? The two guys that formed the mongrel mob were sitting in a pub having a drink, and a couple of other guys, older guys in the bar, just said, look, looked over and said, oh, look at those mongrels over there. Yeah. Yeah, and and they heard it, and they said, yeah. and they got, oh, because it was obviously said loud enough for them, and they said, well, if that's the way you think about this, yeah, we'll own that, we'll own it, yeah, and we'll show you how much of a mongrel we are, yeah, yeah, that's such a sad thing, and yeah. that's exactly where that, that you know, and, they they, own and, it. and that's that's what we do, we own it. So, and again, we've got to get down to that yeah. basement to that lie that we're obviously our talk on that third floor, yeah, our, our self talk, our self talk, and our thoughts are what generate our feelings, which then kick into our behaviour. Whatever we've hooked into the feeling, yep. we behave it. But the only reason we're saying that to ourselves, I'm useless, is the floor beneath it, which is simply the word my beliefs. Right. I believe That's what this I think about, about me, myself. Yep. So I'll behave it, so I'll live it. And then under the ground are the hidden beliefs. So that the subconsciously held beliefs, usually formed, you know, by the age of seven, often. Sometimes it can be a trauma in our life that can that can kick one in. You know, yep. we've had a divorce, yep. or there's been a death, or some some tragedy or crisis that can that can kick in in, in another um, another belief. But once once we can recognise, see, here's the thing, Rob. If you're wanting to change your behaviour, yeah, will just working on changing your behaviour work? No, I can't because because you've got to change everything else. You've got to get down to that foundation. Don't well, you? it's the foundation. So trying to work on our behaviour, behavioralism doesn't work. And and I watch people try and do that, and and it actually usually makes it worse because guess what? It didn't work, so they failed. So, so, so they now, now they feel stick. even worse about themselves. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And so so then we try and change our feelings. Well, that's not going to work either because our feelings don't come by themselves. They're generated yep. from our self-talk. So then we try and change our self-talk. But that won't work either because our self-talk comes from our beliefs. Yeah. So the only way that we can that, that, that we can be free to live in that state of all that's available to us, freedom, yep. is to trace it, face it, get down to that basement and recognize that's what's causing that yeah see my you, behavior you've, you've also got to recognize that 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 that, that top floor said for our for our people who are just listening to this and not watching because their hands are going all over the place that that when alan said that 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 top floor you have to first recognize that that's flawed if you'll excuse the pun yeah because yeah. if you don't realize it's flawed you won't go looking yeah. for the problem yeah if you yeah. think i'm okay yep everything's fine it's everybody else's fault, which is quite common, isn't it? You know, it's not my fault; it's your fault. Well, I I often get that. It's not my fault. Yeah. And I got lots and lots of stories <laughs> that help unpick that one, and we might get to one or two of those a little later on. Well, it's quite biblical, though. I mean, everybody did that from Adam. You know, oh, yeah. God says, Adam, did you eat the fruit? It's not my fault. No. The woman that, in fact, you gave me, the woman you gave me, she made me eat it, so it's your fault. Mm. You know, Saul, what's this bleeding of animals that I hear? Oh, the men got hungry and want, you know, it's not my fault. One of the one of the things, one of the key elements for us to open ourselves up to change is James 4, verse 6, 7, and 8 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What, what for me, what that's saying for me loud and clear, because we can hear that verse, that chunk of verse, 
And anybody that knows scriptures a little bit will have heard that verse, and there'll be something in us that stirs, something that says, oh, there's something gritty there. Yeah. You know, resist the proud. Um, I mean, yeah, resi uh, no, resist no, no, the no. devil. Resist, yeah. you know, yeah. God opposes, therefore resist the devil, submit to God. Yeah. And you go, oh, there's something powerful there. But what is it? Well, this is what I believe about that. God opposes the proud. A proud person is someone that says, nothing wrong with me. Yeah. It's you. God can't help that person because they folded their arms. They're in defiance. Yeah. They're, they're not willing to own their stuff for whatever reason. Um, and what life will end up doing to that person is they'll give them more and more pain and more and more suffering. But sometimes they just become more and more defiant. And so God can't help them. Whereas the person that is able to recognize, yeah, I'm stuffing things up here. I made a mistake. I've done things wrong. Yeah. This isn't going well for me. This isn't going well for others around me. So now they're becoming humbled. So a humble person is a teachable person. You've got to make sure when you get to that, and, and this is, I, I suppose, a lot of the problem is that we go, I'm the one messing it up, da-da-da, but then we transfer that into the thought, I'm useless, I'm worth nothing. Hmm. So we got to, you know, to, to, to recognize that, that it is me that's causing the problem without going then into the negative self-talk. Well, that's often where people go, but, but that can still cause them enough pain to want to get free of that. Yeah. It's, it's not the ideal, but we're in a broken world, and so, so God will still use that broken stuff to get our attention. Because here, here's the thing with that scripture. Um, God opposes the proud because grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Well, what is submitting to God? What's that meant to look like? Well, submit to God. Who is God? God is the author of truth. Yeah. Submit to truth. So the quest is truth. Yeah. Resist the devil. Well, who's the devil? What's what's his role here? Well, he's called the father of lies. So we resist the lies. So when we submit to truth, yeah. resist the lies. You know, using you as the example, the lie was I'm not I'll use this, it might not be yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the lie was I'm not good enough, I'm a failure. That's a lie. So what's the truth? So we, we resist the lie. No, that's the lie. The truth is this. And so then we replace the lie with the truth. Yeah. And the truth then sets us free. So we submit to truth. We resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yeah. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's the next verse. Yeah. And so what that is is comfort. And I see that happen. I see that. Ex I experience that in my own life. Yep. And I watch it play out in other people's lives. When a person can take hold of the truth, often even before they walk out of the office, they're saying, well, I feel an awful lot better. I feel a weight off my shoulders. And what I say to them, because I want to reinforce something for them, what I say to them is the weight off your shoulders is not because Alan told you something that sounded nice. Yeah. And so then I unpack with it. What was it that's helping you with that? Well, it's the truth. You've revealed the yep. truth. I say, good. So the truth is what you need to pursue because you're going to walk out yeah, of so my reinforce. office. Tell me what the truth is that you just learned about yourself or, or that you learned. And I write it on a card yep. or if there's more than one, I'll write them on, you know, I write a list of them down, usually yep. one or two. And I literally give them the card with their truth and I'll hand it to them and I'll say, read this. Is this what you're meaning? Yeah, because you be, have to own the truth. It has to be tailor-made yeah. for them, not tailor-made yeah. for Alan, tailor-made for them. And and I watch them read it, and I'm watching their response. Yeah. And if they're reading and they go, 
I, I say, give me the car back. <laughs> give me the, yeah. It's not the one. <laughs> yeah. But if they look at me, they go, yeah. yeah. And, and I even see a facial expression yeah. that helps me recognize they've owned that. I say, you apply that to your life and you'll, and you'll notice a change. Yeah. And it's like, and I, and I even use this analogy. I say, if you went to a doctor and you had a rash on your arm, and he says, I know exactly what that is, that time of the year, that's where rashes, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's the cream, put the rash, put, put the cream on the rash, put it on there for three times a day for a week, come back and see me just to see how, how we're going. And so, so you go back to the doctor a week later, like he's asked, and he says, let's have a look. And it's actually got worse. And the, and the doctor says, hmm, that cream should have worked. I'm not so sure what's going on. And so the doctor casually says, well, how often did you put it on? And you say, oh, I never put it on. I just put it on my bedside cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't apply it. Yeah, I didn't apply yeah. it. And so, so it's the application, which is what we talked about last yeah. time. It's the application. Well, Derek, Derek Prince says the similar thing from, from his army days. And in fact, I think it was a rash that he had. Mm, it was. And, uh, and he found that verse in Proverbs, which I cannot remember, which, mm. um, which God said, I want you to quote this mm. three times a day out loud. Mm. You know, which again is God's word because you know God's word is truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's and that's the key. The truth. The truth is the, what works. Yeah, yeah. it's the truth. Um, well, and again, when you're looking at because you, you're talking about those verses, everybody knows you know um, resist the devil and he will flee. A lot of people forget the submit to God, right. which is the beginning of that verse. Yeah. But hardly anyone goes to the earlier verse I know. that God resists the proud. Yeah. Now, when God wants a relationship with you and he says, I resist the proud, he's going, I'm going to hold you off at arm's length if you are proud. That's not what I want. So you need he, to... Yeah. He's forced to hold himself off Yeah, because we're not reaching out to him. We're in defiance, yeah. floating around yeah. saying there's nothing wrong I, with I, I cannot give you the grace that I want to give you mm -hmm. because you're you're being proud about it. It's a sick um, that needs the doctor. The, yeah, the, the truth, uh, you, know, we, you, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, how about um, if we obey God, then we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. So again, it's, it's getting that, that digging a bit deeper. Mm. Um, how hard is it for people to, to recognize that there is a, a basement problem or a foundation problem in their lives? Oh, very hard for, for, for a number of people. I, I had a guy a little while ago that... He knew what his basement problem was, but he was so, he never wanted anybody to ever find out what he believed about himself. So, so he was, he was a hard nut to crack. If so he, he recognized what drove that belief because that belief was the ground floor, not the basement. So he, he recognized it was there. He didn't know where it came from. Right. Cause, cause here's the thing. Our behavior comes from our beliefs. Yeah. So change our beliefs. Our behavior will change, yeah. which is what, what I was saying earlier. You know, if we're trying to deal with our our actions and our behavior and our feelings and our self-talk, if if we try and just deal with that, it won't work because that's not where the problem lies. But yeah. some people are so embarrassed about they 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 think that they're completely naked and they don't want anyone to find out that they that that that's how they see themselves. Yeah. And so it can take a little bit of skill to help that person be safe enough to unpack that stuff. There's some very subtle things go on in our lives. Um, a, a picture that I came up with years ago, if, if you're driving down, uh, let's say, uh, you know, the, the Waikato Expressway, which is 110, 
So you're driving down there at 110 kilometres per hour and the cars are flying past you. The kids sitting in your car are going, they're speeding. But if you're driving down there to 110 kilometres per hour and the other cars are just like crawling past you because they're only doing 112, 113, the kids are sitting there going, dad's driving slow. Right. Well, no, dad's actually the one who's in the right. The other ones are still in the wrong. But the perception that comes in, and there must be so many subtle little things. I think I said last time, one of the kids that, uh, that I saw when I was a chaplain at the local primary school, and uh, he, he used to live with his, uh, him and his sister lived with dad for one week, and then they'd live with mum for the next week, and then dad, you know, for off and on. And he asked me to, 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 to come and talk with him, and dad was getting married, mum was getting married, and he was just, yeah, didn't know what yeah, to do. And, um, and I said, I said, do you know how many kids in your class live with their biological mum and dad? He goes, mm. most of them? I said, less than half. Mm. It's like, oh, mm. That's it's not just me. Yeah, and 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 and, and last time I, I think, and this may have been where that that came from, is this realization that the fall has damaged us all. Yeah. we're all, we're all yeah. damaged goods, yeah. and that is a sigh of relief. So it's not just me, because we kind of think we're the only ones, and so we've got to protect ourselves from ever being found out. But when we realize actually it's all of us, that's why we need Christ. That's why we need truth. Yep. That's why we need a community of faith to help us. Um, process things well together, which that's important, yeah. a healthy community. Is it mostly just one lie that we're believing? One, one of the things, one, one of the concepts um, that help with that is called the king lie. If we have a king lie, like if I believe I'm a failure, so that's the king lie, I believe yeah. I'm a failure, but attached to that is, well, I'm not going to bother working too hard at school because I'm a failure. Because I'm a failure. And, and, and I'm, not going to, I'm, I'm not going to go out of my way to find um, you know, a good job because I'm a failure. Yeah. But when we can deal with the king lie, the I'm a failure lie or whatever it is, then we find, because that was the, where the power was generated from, that's the toxic stuff, then we find the others that were attached to that lose their power. Yeah. So I mean, if, for the school, uh, for instance, you, know, you don't do. I'm not going to do well at school, so uh, I'm dumb. Hmm. I'm not only am I a failure, but I'm dumb. Hmm. But the I'm dumb is driven from I'm a failure. Yeah, and 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 you'll probably find a cause for that that you can go back to and reassess. Yeah, because that's the goal is to reassess. Yeah. Is this telling you the truth? It would be much easier in your job, I'm sure, if all the lies that we believe were uh, verbal, actual lies spoken. Right. You know, so somebody who said, you are a failure. Right. I can trace that. But, but again, the, the subtlety of, of our minds, the subtlety, the, the, the different ways that we are built up, uh, the complexity that goes into making up our psyche, it can be any incident that causes that for me to lie, uh, to, to believe that lie. Like I say, I've got, I've got a number of stories. I'll just briefly share this, this one just as an illustration. I had, I had a guy come to me. I'll, I'll keep it vague. I had a guy come to me, and he was, he was um, hitting into his 20s, and uh, so, so there were adult repercussions for his actions, whereas prior there weren't. Yep. And um, so he sits in my office, and we unpack some things. I'll keep this short, like I said. And he had been diagnosed with ADD, attention deficit disorder. Yep. 
Even the word illustrates an issue, and the issue is attention deficit. So there's a deficit. There's a deficit. So, so not necessarily medication going to fix that deficit. And so he comes to me, and, uh, and things are starting to go bad, and he's doing some things that will end him ending probably in prison, well, definitely in prison yep. if he wasn't to correct himself. So the pain was getting up there. So I, I said to him, tell me a little bit about yourself. And so he shares with me that he was the youngest of quite a large group of um, siblings. Yep. And so I asked the appropriate questions. And uh, I said, what belief did you come from that? Now, I helped him go down. So I'm making this short. Yep. Um, so, so the way I'm saying it sounds simplistic, but this was you know, an, an, an hour. So you're digging through those those it's, levels of the of the building to get down to the basement. I probably even used that illustration yeah. to help him go down. You know, this is this is your behaviour. This is what you're feeling. This is what you're saying to yourself. This is what you believe. Right. So we went dun, 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 down. So now we're going. Where do you think that belief came from? That's right. And so he got quite specific about where that came from because of his family um, dynamics yep. being the youngest. And he was able to say to me that, you know, I believed I'm, I was igno I'm ignored. In my life, I'm ignored. So his belief was, I'm just ignored. I'm worth nothing. I'm yep. ignored. And so, like I say, I'll make this a short story. And so I helped, he's a Christian fellow, fellow, this guy. And I helped him realize that he's not ignored because God is there and, and he loves him. And he owned that. And, he, and this was his line to me. He said, I'm not ignored. I'm adored. That was like his it. line. That was yep. his line. So I wrote that on his card. And I, and I looked at him and I said, do you know that the truth will set you free? And he said to me, what did you say? I said, the truth will set you free. He said, why did you say that? And I thought, I'm not sure where you're coming from. And I said, well, you know, Jesus said the truth will set you free. He said, that's weird. And I thought, what's weird about that? He literally pulls out his phone, yep. takes the cover off his phone, imprinted in the manufacturer's cover, other words, the truth will set the you truth, free. Yeah. Weird. And and um, it's one of those little God. Doo -doo 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 -doo. It, it, it was, and and he owned that, and yep. he got that. It was funny because I when when he left, I thought, heck, I wouldn't mind that cover because that's a good illustration. <laughs> that's a good cover. Yeah. That that, yeah. that that brings a point across well. Yep. So I rang him up a little while later. Oh no, I bumped him into him in town actually, and I said I said to him, um, hey, look, I'll buy the cover off you. I'll give you twenty bucks for the cover. <laughs> Um, but uh, no, he had lost. He didn't the want cover. to. I'd lost it. Lost so we, we've we've talked about tracing the lie. Mm. Uh, we've talked about re replacing it with the truth. How do you how do you face a lie? Oh yeah, that's that's where I think to some degree you need to have um, good support. Yeah, because to go down into that place, that place you've sought to ignore or to hide from, it's like. I might have said this, I don't know. If I had H written here, H for hurt, yep. so H on the palm of my hand, I've had a hurt in my childhood. You know, your dad rubs you on the head and you felt wounded from that. I suspect the wound came earlier than that, but it certainly poked yeah, that. Yep. So there is a hurt there. So hurt is an indicator of something that's, that's, um, that's damaged. That's, it's a wound that needs to be healed. Yep. So we have H written on the palm of our hand as an illustration of what hurt is. Especially when we're children, we don't know how to deal with it, so we close it up, so we hide from it. And so now now has that has the hurt gone away? No, it's just hidden. It's just hidden. Yeah. And so who wants to bring that hurt out because you felt 
you know, you felt belittled or, or yucky or damaged or useless or something because of that hurt. So the last thing you want to do is say, hey, look how useless I am. But that's exactly what we need to do. We need to find the right place, counsel, and that's, that's me. Or that's people that do what I do yeah. to help them get to that place. Now, that can also be a good faith community. It can be. Yeah. It can be good friends. But the, there is a bit of a problem with that, which I think I said last time. It's not hard to help someone open up and spill their guts and have some cathartic Oh, that's relief. easy. But to, to then help them stitch it back up again, that does take some skill. And that skill is available if you go looking for it. Yeah. So I encourage people to look for that. Because if they are in pain, there is healing to be had. It's like where I live, um, our driveway is a metal driveway. It goes down a hill to the, to the road frontage, and that's where our letterbox is. If I go down to get the mail and I've got uh, my gumboots on and it's a metal driveway, like I said, every now and then a stone flicks out while I'm walking, it goes into my gumboot. The moment it goes into my gumboot, I recognise as an, ob an object yep. that needs to be sorted. There's a because because the pain sensors in my foot indicate a foreign body that yep. needs to then be addressed. That's that's the gift that we have of pain sensors. Yeah. So I tip the stone out, and away I go. All's good. If I hadn't recognised that, if I hadn't dealt with that, if I if my foot was numb for whatever reason, and I kept walking. That stone would 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 pierce my skin yeah. and could cause further infection. And we have a lot. I mean, if we just use feet as an example, the number of times you get a a, a little uh, thorn or something in your foot, uh, and sometimes in the hand, but you don't deal with it then, yeah. And you keep walking on it. It it does go in, and yeah. eventually you don't feel it anymore, but it's still in there. Hmm. Well. Usually it'll 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 come out it'll 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 fester somewhere along yeah. the way, Rob. When the river runs low, the rocks begin to show. Yeah. That's a line I really like. So people think everything's okay, and then something happens in their life, you know, whatever, and and up it comes again. They hit against that rock yeah. that was yeah. the H that was there that is still there. And to me, people get upset that oh, you know, why is it hurting me so much? Why is this happening? For me, it's kind of like. This is a God opportunity to deal with something that's there. Yeah. Because and and because He is a loving God, if we're humble and not proud, and He's you know He's not resisting us because we're proud. Being the loving God that He is, He's going. I've chosen this moment in your life to work on this problem that you absolutely. have. I, I didn't do this when you were fifteen. You couldn't have handled it. I didn't do it when you were thirty. Yeah. Right. You're now sixty-five. Yeah. This is the time that I have chosen. To help you heal that, you know, because yeah. we go, why, why have you let me carry this for all my life? Mm. Um, and and the you know the answer is it could have damaged us more if we'd done it the wrong way. I don't know. God knows these things. You know, His timing sure. is perfect. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, and there's, there's there is truth in that, but. I still think let's deal with it as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as we possibly can, Rob, <laughs> yeah, because that'd that's, be nice. that's that's the goal. What about permanent damage? I mean, I, I use my, my bicep as an example. I blew this in Whanganui a few years ago in the gym with my brother, ironically doing preacher's curls. Um, and and that bicep, that, that's done. Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I'm 60 years old now. Until the day I die, that bicep's had it. Mm -hmm. Is there, there the must be damage of the, of the psyche, of the mind, of the whatever that's, that's, a, that's similar to the bicep. It's like 
you're stuck with it? Oh, that depends a little bit on what you mean by stuck with it. I think any soul healing, any any soul that's been damaged, you know, um, carrying on with that illustration to get back to that point, was the the body has physical pain sensors to indicate a physical issue that, yes. ne that yep. needs to be addressed. Yeah. Because if we don't address it, it'll get worse. The soul also has uh, has has emotional pain sensors to indicate issues that need to be addressed. Um, you know, you press my button is an indicator that you've got a button yep. needs to be addressed. You rattled my cage is an indicator you're living in a cage. Get the key, get out of the cage. You yanked my chain, you pulled my string. Those are all indicators of a pain that's going on that actually needs to be addressed. Right. Yeah. And it's and if we don't address it, it won't go away. And so the, the quest then is to say, yeah, I'm sick, I need healing. And and I personally believe when you start owning that, you know, God gives grace to the humble. Yeah. When when you say, yeah, I'm in pain, then then things will start to happen that will help you be able to process and deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the facing it because we talked again trace trace the lie face the lie replace the lie with mm -hmm. the truth so that that facing it that's that's something that shouldn't be done on your own could be done on your own oh, yeah. you, talk, you talked about the, you know needing needing somebody alongside you because I mean oh, that can be a painful thing no it absolutely can be done on well when you say on your own if you mean all by yourself in your room all alone. Not so sure on that. Yeah, but that's if you what mean I mean. On your own, uh, that's what that's, you that's mean. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't need to go and see Alan. I don't need to go and see my pastor. I don't oh, need right. to. You know, but I, I can sort this out myself. No, no, I don't. I, I think that's going to be very difficult. Like, you know, I think I said this last time too. If you want to know about water, don't ask a fish. Yeah, yeah. When you're just stuck in it, you're you actually stuck said in it this it. time too. Oh, have I just yeah. said it. <laughs> that's that right. Quick? Okay. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. So, so we we really do need somebody looking outside. We need it. We need we need each other. We need others. Yeah. You, you, you know, um, we're a body that does need each other to help each other out. I mean, I I personally feel called to do what I do. Yeah. But it's, that's not for everybody. But if we're all doing what we're called to do, I think the body can function really, really well. Yeah. So let's just own our calling and step into it and. And uh, and get 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 skilled and equipped and and um, make yourself available and then just see what will happen. Yeah. In some ways, I'm thinking it's um, it's why we still need to help um, Nana with her baking when we're 18, 19 years old because Nana's got that wise listening ear. Right. You know, come alongside and, her and yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. And again, when we look at the the families that are growing up nowadays, you don't have that. You don't have the grandparents mm. around. Mm. Um, a lot of it because the families are broken up so much, and so the children that are growing up are missing out on. Yeah, no, there's a deficit. Yeah. yeah. So we need to be able to fill that deficit appropriately, because here's the other thing, isn't it? If if we have a deficit, we've got, as I understand it, <clears throat> we have four fundamental emotional needs, and you can Google it, and you'll find a list of you know twelve or fourteen of them because I've Googled it, but they still boil down to four. One is, so these emotional needs, not physical, yep. one is the need to be innocent, free of guilt, free okay. of shame. Because guilt and shame is just crushing. Yep. And how many of us here have things that we regret doing and feel guilty and shamed about if we think about it? That's probably all of us. And, and, and that, if it hasn't been dealt with appropriately, 
can really, really restrict us. It, 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 it causes us to, to shrink down because of the weight of the, the burden of our guilt and our shame. So our emotional need is we need innocence, which is freedom from guilt and shame. We need significance, which is worth and value. We need safety, which is belonging. Yeah. We need progress, which is a purpose for living. Now, I think to some degree, three of those needs can be met in a shallow way by by our world, right. you know, significance. Well, I'm an athlete. Yeah. Uh, belonging. Well, I'm part of a team, and and that's all good. So I'm not knocking that at all. Uh, and 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 purpose or progress. Well, we can all, you know, we can all aspire for something yeah, yeah. that's that's worthy. Have a, have a goal to go for. Yeah, there's yeah. something that's yeah. worthy of achieving for our life. But there's only one place we can go for innocence. There's only one place yeah. where our innocence is absolved, where our innocence is taken, is, is owned by some, uh, where our guilt, sorry, yeah, our uh, guilt yeah. is, yeah. is absolved, our, our shame is, is absolved. And so, so it's taken by someone else on our behalf. Now we don't have to own it. We might still have a scar, which I do, yep. a, an emotional scar of the dumb things I did. And when I think about it, I go, oh, if I knew now what I knew then, I wouldn't, be, <laughs> wouldn't have done that. Yep. But I didn't, so I did do it. But, but I still filter that through Christ, not, not just simply yes. Alan yep. on his own going, oh, yep. what a huge embarrassment that was. So we need those four fundamental emotional needs. We need to pursue having them met. And fundamentally, they're all met profoundly well through Christ. Yeah. I love um, the way Gary Smalley uh, put it with, with uh, there was a, a marriage course that Sharon and I did with Gary Smalley, and he, he, he pulled out a, a rather tacky-looking um, gem, you know, it was about fist size, and he says, he says this, this gem is worth $50 million. I bought it for four. Million? No. Four dollars. Good, but buy. but the value I place on it is fifty million dollars. Right. It may not be that valuable to you, but that's how valuable it is to me. And then he talked about our value to God. And and again, this is this is replacing the lie for for my significance. My significance. Yeah. He uses a um, um, a little um, light bulb with an extension cord on it. And he would, he would say, what we do is we try and get our bulb to glow bright for right. significance. And we go around and plug it into Alan. But I, I burn Alan out, so I go, oh, I'm right. plug it yeah, in over here. Good. He said, we need to plug it into God, mm. and it will glow mm. all the time. He says, that's where your significance comes mm. from. That's where your value comes from, is what does God say about you? Yeah. Uh, and I remember using this years ago with uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of young girls, um, uh, one who had uh, the fetal alcohol syndrome and yep. had been bounced from here to here. And um, I use Psalm 139 where God talks about how, you know, my, my thoughts for you are like the sands of the sea. I said, this is, this is your significance. This is your mm. value to mm. God. So, no, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. This is, this, this is the creator of the universe looks at you mm. and sees this. And that's what we've all got to get to. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But what's, what's the saying? The main thing I get out of my life is who I become, and the main thing God gets out of my life is who I become. It's the yeah. same thing. It's who I become. Yeah. And and the who I become, really, in in the, in in the purest and most beautiful way, is is hooking into God and becoming like Christ. Yeah. You know, owning owning the identity that is mine in Him, 
and being transformed into his likeness by owning that truth. Yeah. See, there's a um, there's a verse of scripture I'm trying to memorize at the moment. In fact, in fact, I've got it. It's written down somewhere. I have. I've got it written down here, actually. It's on the phone cover. You, the truth will share. No, that free. wasn't no. the one. This is it. Yeah, this is this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Yeah. See, God doesn't want to live through us. He wants us to live through Him. Yeah. Do you understand? It's a, it's a it's huge, isn't it? Because, because if I, and this, this is my thinking, if I let God live through me, it's like I'm a waterfall, and it's a muddy waterfall because Alan's got muddy stuff in his life, dirty yep. stuff in his life. If I let God live through me, Christ lives through me, by the time he's got out through me, he's got himself a bit tainted. Do you yeah. understand? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, so, so there's There's a few Alan mud splatters on Absolutely, God. Absolutely, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not expressing... Who, who God is very well because Alan's coming through more than God is. Yeah. Whereas if I can let, if I can live through Christ, if I can own Christ's stuff, yep. the more I walk through his waterfall, the cleaner I become. Yeah. To live I, in him. Yeah. It's, um, I think Ted Decker, Ted Decker does it well in his, in his first books, uh, Black, Red, White, where he has in this alternate world, there's the pool of Alion and you need to get cleansed in that pool. But not only do you get cleansed in the pool, you have to breathe the water. Right. Right. It's so the the the, the uh, Thomas Hunter, who's the 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 uh, protagonist in the in the series of books, uh, diving in the pool. I don't have a problem with that. You know, yeah. opening my mouth and going. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bit tricky, but that's yeah. where God wants us to yeah. live yeah. in Him. Yeah. Um, but knowing that, and, and we probably should say this too, is God can, if I've still got that lie in me, if it's if, if I've, I've still damaged goods, I can still be being used by God. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and going in the area where I, where he wants me to go. You know, instead of sitting back and going, well, no, I need to deal, I need to go and see Alan and deal with all of this before God can use me. That, oh, that's a lie on its own. No, that is a lie on its own. But I would what I would say to that is if you... If you're not processing the deep things of your soul appropriately, then those things haven't been dealt with. Yeah. And those things will, to some degree, get in the way of your calling. To yeah. some degree, they'll get in the way of your calling. Tiger Woods, right? So Tiger Woods, number one golfer in the world, mm. gets himself a new coach. Coach says, your swing is wrong. What does Tiger Woods do? Does he go, bro? I'm the number one golfer in the world. Mm. I'm not listening to you. He didn't. He said, oh, how do I fix it? Mm. So he fixed it, and I don't know what you're driving. You know, he, he drove an extra 10 or 15% because he was right. humble enough to say, yeah, exactly. I'll let you fix my... He was already the best, Yeah. and he became better. Yeah. So God can still be using me yeah. with, with my damaged bicep, oh. with my missing 8% on my school cert maths. Well, guess but, what? He's you know. still using me. Shock horror. You know, yeah. you know, so so yeah. so let, let's let's not think we've got to be, become a saint before we can be used by God, but let's humble ourselves enough to realize there may be stuff getting in the way of him using me as well as he possibly can yeah. for, for his glory and for my good. We're out of time, but uh, are there some lies that are common that we believe? 
that, <clears throat> not to talk about this time, but it'll get you back again maybe next time where we can talk about some of the common lies that we believe about ourselves yeah, no, that's good. And, and deal with them. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because, there, the, yeah, there's one or two other things that are hooked into those that if we don't, we don't recognise them, we can get tripped up as well. Yeah, all right, great. So, Alan, thanks so much for coming in, and I look forward to next time. Me too, Rob. Thanks for the invite. Nice being here.